drill sergeant, men. Hold up, sir! Hold up, sir! Yes, sir, these are Sergeant Hulka's men. He was injured during basic training. I see. So am I to understand that you men completed your training on your own? That's the fact, Jack! That's the fact, Jack! Captain? Yes, sir. These are exactly the kind of go-getters I want working on my EM-50 project in Italy. Oh, but, sir, these men... Don't are... butt me, Captain. I want them on the plane tonight. Gentlemen! It's party time, Italian style. I like to watch, Eve. What do you mean, you like to watch? I like to watch. I am Don Hall. And this is Don Smith. And this is I Like to Watch, yet another podcast about film. So this week... Donnie, you got to pick. What's the pick of the week? The pick of the week is Stripes, starring <laughs> Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, John Candy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, for this one, I don't, uh, I don't know if we need, don't know if we need a synopsis. A bunch of schleb, you know, a bunch of schlebs decide that uh, their lives are kind of fucked, so they're like, "Fuck it, let's uh, let's join the army." Hilarity, yeah, it's, it's, hilarity ensues. There you go. It's standard bad news bears, uh, fish out of water, uh, that snobs, kind of thing. Snobs versus slobs, baby. Yeah, snobs versus slobs. It's very Ivan Reitman. Um, I, I recall this is uh, this is one of my favorite. It's one of my wife's least favorite films of the gener- of that particular uh, time period. Okay, but I remember. I remember. Uh, I loved Ivan Reitman. I loved all of Ivan Reitman's. I love Ghostbusters. I love, uh, but Meatballs was the one. Yeah, Meatballs was the one that was uh, sort of instructive in my youth. In my youth, that was the first one. You know, then. because I was I was a smartass. Yeah, I was a smartass in school. Yeah, and at the time, being a smartass was not terribly popular. Mm-hmm. It usually got me beat up and shoved in a, in a locker. <laughs> but then Murray came out with uh, meatballs, and all of a sudden it was much cooler to be the wisecracking, sort of st- sarcastic dickhead that I was. And so I suddenly got cer- a certain amount of credibility that suddenly enveloped uh, during my, my early years. And then when Stripes came out, it just, just kind of solidified it. So sure. Bill Murray and, and Ivan Reitman kind of uh, saved my... High school days for me. <laughs> right on. I actually saw it. There was some meme going around a couple, was it a week or so ago? A couple, well, a couple weeks ago. Well, memes go around all the time. But there was something, there was a picture of uh, uh, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, uh, David Spade. I think it was from SNL or something. And it was the meme that said, like, these guys saved my life in high school. And it's like, yeah, I mean, every generation probably has those guys who, like, quote unquote, saved their lives in high school. Because it was like, yeah, I'm really fucking funny. I'm really fat. I'm really, you know, a sarcastic asshole. Like, wh- whatever it might be, you can always find them in these SNL guys. And gals. Yeah. And gals, right? So, you know, yeah, that 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 that's something that's really special for me for this movie. Um, not Again, not so much the SNL thing, 
the SCTV thing for me. Yeah, John Candy and and yeah, Harold Ramis and yeah. uh, Eugene so Levy Ram- and all Ramis those guys, was man. Yeah, Ramis was from SCTV, not SNL. That's right. Well, he was from Is that second. True? I can't well, remember. he was from Second City. Period. So it was. It, it, there's kind of a bleed. There's kind of a bleed, but like Candy uh, Levy, uh, uh, Joe Flaherty, Dave Thomas, like all these. There's this bleed over between. Uh, the SC uh, Second City in Toronto and the SC in Chicago. There's like a there's definitely a bleed over between who was where when, and then like some of those guys were part of the touring company that happened back then too. So, I you know again I I, I didn't do a deep dive into who was where when, but they were all out of Second City for sure. Yeah, and SNL started with Lemmings, and some of Correct. that was Groundlings, yep. some of it was Second City, but most of it was National Lampoon guys. Well, I don't even know if the Groundlings were around back then, were they? I, were think they, Lemmings, they? I don't know. Lemmings was the thing, right? Lemmings, yeah, Lemmings and, was a Broadway show, and, and it was well, a big sketch show. And there was some big there was some big production of Pippin, I believe, back then. Oh, I remember reading that long right, time ago. It yeah, was Gilda yeah. Radner, like a bunch of yeah. people came out of some huge production of Pippin. Of all things. They got to which, know each other. That's yeah, very funny. Yeah. So, like, for me, you know, coming from Chicago, born and raised, like, the Second City thing was more uh, my kind of introduction to Stripes, Animal House, Caddyshack, you know, I mean, name them from the 80s. Like, that was my intro to it. And I wish. I mean, I'd have to do some, I'd have to do some legwork and, and, and check. I don't know if all of those, uh, if they compiled all of those original Second City TV shows Onto a DVD or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it available? Yeah. I would love to check it out. In fact, I will buy you the DVD set because I already know where I can find it. Oh, word. uh, Right on. Yeah, I'll get it for you. Um, They're very funny. They're weird. It's one of the things I think in launching Stripes that, uh, because I I just, I mean, and, and, you know, full disclosure, and this is a plug, by the way. Yeah, go for it. Um, I wrote a, a book a couple of uh, years ago that's online. You can get it at Amazon. It's called Problematic Movies of the 80s. Word. And one of my my goal was, uh, the, the impetus was that uh, at the time, Kavanaugh was, uh, you know, declared a, a SCOTUS member. Right. And, and, and one of the things he said in his uh, confirmation hearings is <laughs> he made a big deal about how he watched movies like Fast Times on Ridgemont High and, mm-hmm. and Caddyshack and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I thought, wow, that's interesting because Kavanaugh and I are exactly the same age. I okay. mean, we're we're probably within a month, I sure. think, the same age. I said, I watched all those movies and I, I didn't become a rapist. Right. So I'm wondering, right. you know, uh, what where the disconnect is. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was an interesting. So I watched a bunch of my absolute favorite movies from the 1980s, uh, the the rules were they had to be comedies. They had to be ones that I had not seen for a while, but I remembered, you know, back in my, you know, the, just thinking, oh, my God, I love this. Some of them were, like, stuff that nobody even remembered, like Class. Oh, yeah. You remember I Class? Know. I don't even know if I Rob saw Lowe. that. Rob Lowe. Rob yeah. Lowe and you know, Rob, and, oh, Rob, and uh, Rob Rob Blow, yeah. Rob Blow, Blow, uh, you know, and and uh, Bachelor Party, right, and right. Uh, you know that kind of stuff. Earth Girls are easy mm-hmm. is in there because mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And Stripes, Stripes was, I mean, it's it's right up there. Oh and yeah. I my whole point was to examine these films to see if they are as problematic today, mm-hmm. you know, as as is the want of current culture. Sure. And or as I we've discussed, a, like how I kind of look at some of these movies that we've been talking about, 
Right. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've yeah. had that conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, things that I noticed, I'll, I'm not going to read from the book, but one of the things I noticed about this this movie, mm-hmm. the problematic moments and themes, and there are a lot of them. I mean, it really is a very, in terms of what we what we consider, what could be made today, what 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 people would smile on or frown upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they mock immigrants. Yep. Um, monkey headed monkey headed chicks when referring to Vietnamese women. Check. Um, a lot of unnecessary topless women, which I could say is not specific to stripes, but probably a lot of movies in the eighties. It's like, oh, yeah. hey, we can show tits. What the fuck? Let's show some tits. Uh, it's it. like you know, there's that whole there's that whole thing with John Larroquette, which it doesn't oh, advance yeah. the plot. Not it's not all. terribly funny, right. but you're on a base with very few women. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a, an army base, and there are very few women on the training base, right. and yet. We have a whole scene with him doing that Porky's thing when he's got the binoculars and he's staring and, at the and, naked women in the shower. And, and and somehow they all shower in an open room with a giant yeah, window. With a giant window. So it's like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Right. You have token black actors with lines that really only reflect that they are, in fact, black. Hey, they're black. If you didn't notice that they were black, they're going to say a line that's, you know, some homophobic humor because Mm -hmm. being gay was very funny in the 80s. Um, You know, but the thing about it is, and I walked walked away from... uh, from that film, I do find a lot of the things sort of like cringeworthy, and yet I still think it's fucking funnier than hell. It just makes me laugh. It's part of it is because it's stupid that they're going to take on a foreign country in an RV. What? what it's an well, RV. Come on, right. man. Well, look, I think we. I think we. I, let's let's. Well, to your point about the problematic stuff. Yes, I agree a hundred percent that all of the things that you mentioned, and and maybe there are a couple more that other people will find. Oh yeah. Um, Totally problematic. I think it would be more problematic if we didn't recognize that they are problematic. Now, there's a couple of questions that I have to ask you. They're a little personal. Uh, have you ever been uh, convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor? That's uh, robbery, rape, car theft, that sort of thing. Convicted? Yeah. No. Never convicted. That's good. Good. Are either of you uh, homosexuals? You mean like flaming or? Well, it's a, it's a standard question we have to ask. No, we're not homosexual, but we are willing to learn. Yeah, would they send us someplace special? I guess that's uh, no on both. All right, now if you'll just give Uncle Sam your, uh, your autograph here. Sammy, get well soon. It's good, now your name. Right. The fact that that's we, interesting. The yeah. fact that we recognize that they're problematic. Oh, cool. All right. I get it. Uh, let's move on. Does it make me laugh? Is it a good story? Is it a lot of fun to watch still? Yeah. Yes. I mean, hands down, I, I laughed my ass off the three yeah. times that I watched this movie this week. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, on, it, it's on Netflix right now, everybody. So if you want to check yeah, it out, it's constant. It um, it is constantly funny, and it's it's a it's a you know it's very you know I loved. Here's the thing I thought was really interesting is when I was in my Ute, when I watched this movie the first time, I completely identified uh, with Winger, uh, right. Bill, Bill Murray's Bill Murray, character. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's like I I don't have any I don't have any uh, like 
direction in my life and I don't know what I'm doing and what the hell and so and I'm not going to take anything seriously I'm mm-hmm. going to go into this situation where fucking with everybody is kind of my thing that was the kind of thing and now that I'm in my mid 50s I actually find that I identify much more strongly with Sergeant Hulka like Hulka like Warren his, Oates, baby. his yeah. you know I mean yeah. you know yeah. which I love first of all that it's Warren Oates who's yeah. uh, a, oh, you Jesus. know I mean this guy's this guy what what was his he played uh I mean my his big, big solo my, yeah. my big thing with him was was the wild bunch but oh yeah you yeah, know. totally the wild bunch but yeah. no uh who's the who's the who's the gangster that died in the, by the biograph Oh, uh, 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 not Pretty Boy Floyd. Uh, Dillinger. Dillinger. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Yes. He yeah. he was he played Dillinger in the okay. movie version of Dillinger many 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 years ago. Before Johnny but Depp. I love Warren. Yeah. Before Johnny Depp did, um, and Warren Oates was uh, Warren Oates looked a lot more like uh, Dillinger. Oh, I bet. I'm you know, sure. Although I don't know if he had a giant cock, but that's uh, a holy you know whole different thing we'll never know but i really i really find that uh that i identify a bit more strongly with uh with sergeant hulka oh yeah you know i yeah. mean murray's the hero mm-hmm. um despite that he despite learning absolutely nothing i mean and, and in terms of a transformation it's like the concept of and i would argue that that's a that's a hallmark of reitman's thing is it reminds yeah. me of why i'm a bad playwright Mm. is because the reason I'm a bad playwright, and Joe pointed this out many, many, many years ago, mm-hmm. was that every play that I wrote was that the protagonist was me, mm-hmm. and everybody else in the play was there, existed in the play to argue with me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the end of the play was when I won all the arguments mm. and that kind of made it uh, you know there was no transformation it was me just teaching everybody a fucking lesson which may right. be a flaw in my own personality but it's not great <laughs> it's not great it's not great playwriting mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and 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 that's one of the things i think is most interesting about the uh, ivan reitman films but mostly bill murray in ivan reitman's films is that he is this fuck off nihilistic i don't give a shit kind of guy making wisecracks and he goes through this entire journey because it is a good story it's a funny story it's here's boot camp it's why they join then it's here's boot camp that it's they somehow manage to be successful in boot camp and then they get this assignment and then they win and and there is no learning he learns nothing he showed up he's there everybody else is to tell him how he's supposed to behave he says no i'm going to behave this way at the end, right. he wins. Right. So, like, Reitman and Landis and 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 uh, Harold Raymond, like, they had this way, Bill Murray, too, like, they had this way of writing these people who, like, they ended up just bullshitting their way into success. Yeah, you know? like, which is it's probably, like, like, it's probably all of the, it's probably Landis, Reitman, and Harold Ramis. They I mean, all yeah. bullshitted. They all probably felt like they were frauds. Well, and I sent you, I sent you a, a, a an, an interview from from the eighties uh, with with Bill Murray, where uh, the interviewer actually asks him, you know, uh, are you interested in ever pursuing, you know, more dramatic work? Which is funny in hindsight because some of his greatest shit in, in the last, let's say, 15, 20 years, um, some of his greatest work has been. I mean, Lost in Translation is phenomenal. It's, you know what I mean? It's like brilliant. Yeah, right. it's really so, like, wonderful. Some of his He's greatest so work is his dramatic work. But I don't know. Or what was that one? The Saint, Saint, Saint something with uh, Melissa McCarthy. 
It's a recent I don't movie. Know, but yeah, it's yeah, really, it's it's really good. I'd have to uh, pull it up, but um, it's him with Melissa McCarthy. It's really good, but um, I don't know if we would buy him in the drama roles if he didn't already establish himself as this kind of sad sack, every man kind of comedian well, that he is. You know. Well, we didn't buy him because in that early time he did wear the Buffalo Roam, which was his version of Hunter S. Thompson, and no one went to see it. There was, it was a, a huge failure. There was, that was another, a big vanity project. Yeah, big not, vanity project that he did. It's not Continental Divide, but he did it because that was no Continental that was, Divide that was, was Belushi. Belushi, yeah. but he which did, I actually thought was really good. That's a that, that was Belushi. You can see Belushi kind of transforming from the Bluto, you know, that kind of thing to. To something a little bit with a little bit more gravity, because I thought he was quite charming in Continental Divide. It was not a super popular movie, and he obviously overdosed not long after. But uh, Mad Dog and Glory with Robert De Niro was oh, one of his I first. I loved Mad I've Dog and Glory. I've never seen it. I've oh, it's never, great. And I love both of those actors. Obviously, I've never seen it, but that was one of his first forays. I think into. It's, more dramatic were oh Razor's Edge. That's the one Razor's, I was thinking of. That's so. Who did that's win the, the Buffalo Rome? No, 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 he was, no, he played Hunter Thompson. Okay, so no, that was him sure. too, okay. For all sure, right, all right. yes, yes. Yeah. But Razor's Edge was the one that, that is like a straight up drama that I, I that one I've never seen either, to be honest. I've never seen so Razor's Edge. That could be an interesting one for us to kind of tackle since neither to one of us has seen at, it. Let, yeah. You know, let's see what we both think about it. But, um, you know, yeah, so it was interesting to to hear him. And, 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 and he said uh, in kind of response to the interviewer, uh, asking him about you know moving more into uh, dramatic work, he said he's like, oh I don't know you know I've been fooling people this whole time with this acting stuff. They think I'm funny. I don't know if I can fool them. I'm, of course I'm paraphrasing, but like yeah. I don't know if I could fool them into thinking I'm a dramatic actor kind of thing, you know. And then sure enough, I mean, didn't he get uh, Oscar nominated for 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 uh, Lost in Translation? I thought, I thought, yeah, I, I think mean, so. I could, I could look it the up. The thing is, I, I just, think is, I actually think dramas, Bill Murray's... He's great. Specific to Bill Murray, I think his greatest role, in my opinion, and, and this includes his later work, I think it's the movie that he does. I mean, like, if, if I we mean, were I missed, to... If I we were, the name of if, it. Which one? I didn't say it yet. Oh, if I'm sorry. we were to choose a film mm -hmm. that I think exemplifies the very best thing you're ever going to see Bill Murray in... Uh-huh. And and inclusive, it's, it it was the film that kind of destroyed the relationship between Murray and Ramis. Is Groundhog Day? Yeah, I think I think yeah. he's better in Groundhog Day. Yeah, um, it it there's something about, and, and I guess that's the thing. We, we're talking about stripes. We're talking about meatballs, but stripes specifically mm -hmm. is here's a character who's sort of like here's the character. I, you, you know who you know who Winger is. You know John Winger is in the first oh that opening scene five the minutes cat. of the movie yeah, yeah. easy easy yeah yeah you yep. know and yep. and so you get who he is you understand who he is and he doesn't change not a there's lick. no transformation no Groundhog Day he plays that character you know mm -hmm. he's just nihilistic and egotistical and doesn't give a shit and he's sarcastic and then over the course of a film his character is forced yeah. By by oh, circumstance, by to fate. train right, right, right. to become a much better human being, yeah. and 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 I think Bill Murray is extraordinarily oh, funny yeah. in that movie. There are there are some heartbreaking moments in that movie. Yeah, like, it's, just, I think it's a lovely film. He's phenomenal in that movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's I think it's better than anything he's done before or since. Okay, you yeah. know um, I love him. I have a soft spot for Quick Change. Where he plays, I love Quick Change. Oh, I love Quick Change. I haven't I seen that. Quick Change. Just, yeah, or Scrooge is another That's, one. Scrooge is another Scrooge. one where, where you literally. I mean, it is the it's it's Bob. It's it's uh, uh, 
it's Ebenezer Scrooge. Like you have, he does change. Like that's the old story. So like yeah. even that movie, and I watch that. That's part of my Christmas watch list every single year. Um, I've got a list of like uh, probably 20, 30 titles I watch every Christmas, and Scrooge is is like right up there, leading up like towards the end of the month. Yeah, you have to watch it, and that's yeah. an- that's another one where he he really pulls them all out. He makes you laugh. He'll make you cry. Like he really pulls it out in that oh, yeah. movie. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I, you know, this is well. It's interesting, and I I was thinking about this before we got on um, tonight. Um, I wondered how much we would talk about Bill Murray versus Ivan Reitman. Sure, I mean you, you know, know because he, because Bill Murray is such he is such a, a strong um, cultural icon in his own way. Yeah, yeah, you know that yeah. that that it's it's hard to separate him from any of the films I mean, that he's done. But he didn't always do Ivan Reitman films. I mean, no, Ivan no, Reitman has a very specific. Uh, List and right. and Ramis and, and Harold Ramis, as a yep. matter of fact, very yep. very specific sort of thing. And uh, I think the reason I picked it was because of the Reitman. Obviously, he passed recently. That's why I picked it. But of yeah, his, yeah, of, of his movies, this one is the one uh, to me that just it it, it really I, I I never lose interest in watching it ever ever. Yeah, no, no, you know, I can I mean, watch it. it it's one of those where you could watch it anytime, any yeah, day. all the time. Yeah. Pick it up, pick it up. You flip it through the channels. If it's on, you pick it up halfway through, whatever. You just leave it on. You know, Reitman's movies, I mean, you know, you could look at his career and, like, you know, he's a, he's, he did some great work early on. You know, I mean, what? He was a he was a producer on one of David Cronenberg's early movies, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he, he was a part of the Hollywood machine. He was a, yeah, he was definitely a part of the Hollywood machine way, way early. But, like, some of his later movies, I mean, I think Dave... With um, uh, Kevin Klein, where he, yeah, where, yeah, yeah, I think I think Dave to me is kind of the cutoff where I kind of start losing interest, you know. And like, See, no I like no disrespect. No, 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 no. I love Dave too. I love that movie. I think Twins is a lot of fucking fun. I Twins, think Twins is a, is fun, a lot of funny fun. movie. Um, you know, I think Stop Kindergarten or, Kindergarten Cop is a is a hoot. I don't know that I've ever seen it. Maybe once. Oh my god, that's a funny movie. I'll tell you what I did see. And the re- Stop or my mom will shoot. And it's Which like, is great. Oh my God, really? Don't ever. Is that Reitman? Yes, it is. Junior is Reitman. Father's Day with Bob, Billy Crystal, Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of his la- later movies, uh, well, Space Jam, obviously, like that's fucking great. God bless him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, No Strings Attached with Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. Like, hey. I never, hey, I never, hey. I never saw it. I saw I it because saw we it. did uh, the company I work for, we did the soundtrack for it. So, I, like, I've seen it. Eh, you know, it's a passable rom com. It's, it's not offensive, it's not good. It just is. It just. It's like, you know, th- those kind of movies to me are like bubblegum. You, yeah. You, you pop it in your mouth. You chew it for a little while. It tastes like something. You spit it out. You're done. You move on with life. You know, that's no. <laughs> that's no strings attached. You know, it's a bubblegum. It's a bubblegum. So, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, I, mad respect for his early career for sure. And then, yeah, I just I feel like he kind of got to be part of the Hollywood system and. You know, I read something where, like, early on, he was part of that crew with with the Second City guys, all these people. And their whole thing was, um, you know, kind of fighting the system via their comedy, especially improv comedy, right? And then later, uh, maybe Ghostbusters, right? Um, It's no longer... 
the sad sack underdog. It's just kind of it's people who kind of sold out to be part of the system, and then like because I mean you look at Ghostbusters. I bring it up. Um, they're all in. They're all college professors, right? Like they're all yeah. they're all legit quote unquote people. They're not bums. They're not losing their jobs. They're not, though they do lose their jobs as college professors in Ghostbusters. They're still part of the system. In that '80s way of like, well, well, we're gonna it's we're gonna like, get money and we're gonna you know it's 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 completely different than the '70s version of his protagonists. Because, yeah, 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 and yeah. quite frankly, the '70s, the you know, it, it, it's an interesting thing because uh, I was thinking when I was thinking about what uh, what movies are around there, and and again, problematic in the movies of the oh 80s. yeah, Re- Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, I've got is a list of those movies. I got a list, and. So, and that was one of the books. That's yeah. one of the movies that I that I that I and it, and that was quite problematic. But it's an interesting thing because there was a time in the late seventies, early eighties. So you had you had and we've talked about this, uh, the Raging Bull kind these, of you know that, yeah, yeah. that that yeah sort of like these 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 renegade um, filmmakers that were coming out of the seventies that were all like fight the system, fight the system, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then you have this whole strain of like John Hughes like these these writer directors coming out in the 80s who basically were saying and this was before the nerds I mean right now who do we have we have Elon Musk the guy's oh, yeah, fucking no, nerd. the, ner- the nerds rule Comic Con, you know, Comic Con dictates yeah, everything. I mean, right, the right, fucking so, nerds, yeah, 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 yeah. the nerds got but that was the time period where they were sort of stamping their ground saying we're nerds we're highly educated. We can't get laid, um, so we're gonna make movies about us getting laid, making money, being successful, winning the winning the day. You know, mm-hmm. and and when you look again, you look at Bill Murray. He's not a terribly attractive. I mean, I'm sure some people from his personality, but if you would just look at this guy in a lineup, you'd the go, receding, "Wow!" The receding, the receding hairline in the seventies. Yeah. The pockmark kind of face. Yeah, yeah. But his, but his fucking wit and charm and ability, I just he's, I mean, magnetic. He's magnetic. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it, it, it's his personality, yeah. and I think it's it's fascinating. You know, Harold Ramis is not a great-looking guy. I mean, he's I think he's better looking than Murray is, but he's not great. And when you look at the cast that they have for Stripes... Oh, God. <laughs> these guys, these guys are... Are just not an it's just no. and that's part of the humor. That's yeah, beautiful. Is that they're just yeah like the least attractive group think, of I men the, you're going to find in a room. The most handsome one might be uh, uh, John Larroquette. And even and that was his. I, this I, I was like his hour. first film. Yeah, this was like his. First, wasn't this Larroquette's first film? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I think he might. I mean, he, at the very least, he did the voiceover for the opening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Before I did Vince. not know that. Oh, oh that's my God. him. Oh, that's him doing the, that's the reading hysterical. of the voiceover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, he, that's he'd, outstanding. He'd, he'd been around for a little bit, but yeah, uh, but, but yeah, you know, in terms of the snobs versus slobs versus snob genre, I mean. You've got Animal House in 78, Meatballs in 79, Caddyshack, Blues Brothers, Stripes, Trading Places, Revenge of the Nerds, Bachelor Party, Up the Creek. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I do that remember Up the Creek. Terrible. Yeah, it's uh, a bad movie. Ski Patrol, 1990. Also terrible. Then you got yeah. Wayne, Wayne's World, Van Wilder, and then Old School. Right? Yeah, but you, and that's and just you, a sampling. And, 
but like, and, and like I said, I, see, for me, you're you're also missing things like uh, the oh, sure class, thing. You said, oh, sure thing, the sure, sure. The sure, sure thing, and better off dead. Yeah, and, you know all that, all that John Cusack. The, the, yeah, stuff. the Cusack shit. Yep, yeah, yep. Because yep. basically, those were all. I'm a nerd. Yep. I'm kind of a dork. Yep. Um, and I'm in combat with the uber alpha male, and, and I'm going to get the chick at the end, well, or a chick at the end, at least a chick. It's so funny to me too. Like <coughs> I never really found those Cusack ones until I was older. Oh, like, God, I was like I, I was I was born in '78, right? And clearly grew up in the '80s, '90s, right? And for some reason, it's all of those early '80s movies, late '70s, early '80s movies. For whatever, maybe because of my parents. I mean, my my mom and dad were like 21, 22 when they had me. So, like, maybe, uh, clearly it's their influence that, like, these are the movies that I, that imprinted on me more than Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer or, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's those, very those interesting. Movies, well, those movies, and it's, I think it's, it's why I like Journey and most people younger than me are just like, what the fuck? And it's because those were the, that's the music um, I listened to in high school. Mm-hmm. That's the whole com- the whole concept of coming of age. Sure. The cultural stuff that's going on when you are entering high school, kind of getting into early college. Those are the things that that kind of cement your cultural taste in a lot of way, mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And and those those were all movies I watched. And, well, I- and, and again, I watched them with dates Mm -hmm. i mean that was the thing in Mm -hmm. high school and early college it was going on dates you didn't there was no netflix and chill you didn't sit at your home now granted i did work in this is during college i worked as a manager of an aardvark video in uh fayetteville arkansas was that that how big of a chain was aardvark video I don't know if it was a chain. I Three think it locations. might have just been. I think no. I think no, it was just the just only one. location. Okay. It was just some guy, the guy that owned it, yeah, yeah. you know, bought a building and. But uh, so you know, I ended up watching a lot of these movies that uh, that we're talking about because mm-hmm. this was like eighty six to eighty nine that I was in college and in, in and so I was watching a lot of these nineteen eighties, eighty three, eighty four films. You know, in this because it's not like. The Aardvark video was a hot spot. <laughs> we did not have a massive amount of business. In sure. fact, the business we did have mostly involved dudes coming in, walking around like they were going to rent a movie, really waiting to see where the porn was. They went behind which the curtain. Yep. Which, well, no, there was no curtain. There was and no that curtain. Was, <laughs> the thing is, if you wanted, if you wanted the porn at the Aardvark video, you had to ask for it oh. because. Because Brutal. it was behind the counter in a Brutal. closet, Brutal. and it was a whole it was a whole bookshelf, nothing of porn. How did they know what title to ask for? Well, see, that was what was so <laughs> funny, and I don't know why this was set up. This was set up before I got hired, but I I'll never forget it because when I got there, the guy who trained me and then left. I mean, I was like he he was the manager. Yeah, I came into work. I <laughs> I I think I trained for a week, and then he quit. And so they made me the manager. Wow. I mean, it was some it was some ad hoc bullshit. Wow. But one of the things that was interesting was that if you wanted porn, it was it it kind of reminds me of the Fisher King mm-hmm. the scene mm-hmm. where it's like, what are you looking for? Right. And they'd right. come in and they you know and you had to be bold enough to say, I'm looking. And look around. They look around. They've got their. They've got. They've got their. D, their, their VHS copy of Class or whatever uh-huh, it is uh-huh, in their hand. Uh-huh. But what they're saying is like, well, I'm. I'm looking. 
do you have anything with with like pregnant chicks and oh, wow. and wow. and vegetables wow. yeah hold on wow. i i got you covered and then i would go then i i would go back in the closet i would pull it out Wow. All the all all the cases were blank. Yeah. None of the cases that like we didn't have like title cards on the cases. No, he had, yeah. Whoever whoever had done it before me, they were all white sleeved. So I would hand it to them, yeah. and they would they would rent it and leave and go. come back with them. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, it yeah. was like it was a very strange time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I grew up, um, you know, I grew up pre blockbuster going to videos. I, I used to have a in Chicago. There was a mini chain. In Chicago, on the South Side, called Classic Video. I, think I remember like, seeing a Classic yeah, Video. Like, yeah, there were like three, maybe four locations on the South Side of Chicago. I don't know if they existed beyond that because my small world back then was well. That south, was an Evergreen south, Park thing. Well, it was south of I fifty five, east of two ninety four, west of 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 the Dan Ryan fifty seven. Right? Okay. So, like, I don't know that little. Oh, I remember. I was. That's where we yeah. met. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I met yeah. you, man. Yeah. So, classic video. I had. I had my own card. My parents signed me up for my own card, with no, <laughs> no, no rating restriction. There was the little thing on the back of the card where you could say, like, this is a kid. Don't rate. Don't don't give them PG thirteen or R rated movies. Like, I had no rating restriction on my card. So, uh, you know, I mean, that that's where I really just strolled around. I would take two hours. Looking at VHS covers, you know, and there back then oh, yeah. there was only, back then there was only one copy of the tape that you could take out. Unlike oh, yeah. unlike the blockbuster where they're like forty. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that that's partly that's partly where where a lot of my history comes from. Uh, but then a lot of it too was um, the precursor of cable on TV. Do you remember that? I do. So Stripes was on. A, we had a VHS uh, a recorder. And Stripes was on the VHS tape with Caddyshack and Animal House. So oh, at, yeah. le- at least my parents had the foresight to like, like block those three movies Pre-low. together yeah, they, on they, one fucking They knew tape. how to they knew how a, to stack it. Yeah, they that knew was how a, to stack that it. That was man. a dope mixtape of movie right there. Come on, right? So, you know, again, I mean, I, you know, Blues Brothers. Like these are movies that I wore out these VHS tapes. So we're all dog faces. We're all very, very different, but there is one thing that we all have in common. We were all stupid enough to enlist in the army. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Something seriously wrong with us. We're soldiers, but we're American soldiers. We've been kicking ass for 200 years. We're 10 and one. Now, we don't have to worry about whether or not we've practiced. We don't have to worry about whether Captain Stillman wants to have us hung. All we have to do is to be the great American fighting soldier that is inside each one of us. So I was watching The uh, Great Escape the other day. Okay, great Elmer, movie. Elmer Bernstein's music comes up. It's so, so good. And I'm like, why does this sound so fucking familiar? And then his name, his name pops up on the screen. Yeah. For- and I'm like, what? I'd already watched Stripes uh, prior to that mm-hmm. for this. And then I was like, holy shit. I mean, Elmer, Ber- we have to talk about Elmer Bernstein. 
yeah, if we're going to talk yeah. about, I mean, it just he's amazing. Well, one one of the things I think is really interesting about watching some of the and 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 kind of rewatching it. You know, you you you, you notice different things every time you watch a movie that you've seen a million times. But one of the things really interesting to me is scoring. And yeah. Exactly. The, the, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking about that yesterday. Is that this was a time when the concept of having an orchestra score your film um, was still pretty common. I mean, it was yeah. it was the way things were done. Yeah. And and there's a point some somewhere there was a point, and I think it. I, I mean, I'm I'm not don't even. I, I think it might have been John Hughes, but there was a point where it was no longer being scored by orchestra. Like by 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 a conductor with an orchestra, that kind of thing it was being scored. It was pop music. It was, all need, it was all needle drops at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 that's a you really could argue one could one could argue Scorsese has a hand in that with Mean Streets and and the sure. Rolling Stones and all that. You know, I mean, that's back when you could actually afford the Rolling Stones for your movie, which you can't yeah. anymore. Unless, you can't anymore, unless yeah. you're Marty Scorsese, then you can. But you know, or or unless you're Quentin Tarantino. Right. So, yeah. you know, uh, yes, yes. Uh, John Hughes did a ton of that back in the 80s, you know. And back then, you know, um, pre MTV, uh, right around the time MTV started, these bands wanted nothing more than to be in your movie because they were reaching a bigger audience than just even being on the radio. You know. Well, it's because that was a time period where if you bought their album, um, mm-hmm. you had to buy their entire album. You mm-hmm. couldn't just not pirate one, song one of their songs. Right, right. And they made and they actually made money yep. um, with those albums. They don't yep. do that anymore. So no. it's, so if you don't get the upfront money, you're you're kind of fucked. Right. Exposure, right. And, well, as we know from an acting standpoint, the promise of exposure is uh, some bullshit. Well, these days it certainly is. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Um, the other thing is, I think a lot of the studios uh, that the well corporations that own the the record companies, you know, Sony, Universal, Warner, etc. You know, they they started to see how much money they could make on selling other artists' music to TV and movies, and they're like, yeah, well, what used to be really cheap is, uh, you know, now you got to pay you got to pay a lot of money, and you got to pay two parts. I mean, just for the listeners, you got to pay two parts of a song if you want it in your movie. You got to pay the publishing side which is the people who wrote the music. And then you have to pay for the master recording, which is the people who sang and performed the music. That's two different sides. One side might only cost you five grand. The other side might cost you 40. That's $45,000 for one song that you're probably going to use 30 seconds of in your movie. I if mean, that, yeah. If that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a complicated business. And, I, you know, again... When the corporations took over, it's kind of like Vegas. I mean, you live in Vegas now. When the corporations took over, it's like a lot of the fucking fun went out the window, man. It just, it is what it is. I mean, for better or worse, I don't know. But, you know, that's just kind of what happened. Anyway. Yeah, I like a little more again. All right. So but yeah, but, but, talk but, about... but talking about Bernstein, oh. you know, I mean, just oh, his, yeah. his influences on 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 this, on, on, you know, Great Escape. I mean, you know, I mean, Copeland. Yeah, you know, John Philip Sousa, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he just really he John really, Williams. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, for sure. I mean, he really he really nails it. I just well, and if you I got to see Elmer John Bernstein. Williams at the uh, the Disney Maryland got tickets um, to see uh, John Williams uh, conduct some of his music at Disney Music Hall. What was it like? It, well, it's pre pandemic, so I'm going to say like three years ago. 
oh man, it was one of the most magical evenings ever to oh. just hear that shit live. You know, well, the thing that's interesting is I just recently watched Stripes again, but yeah. all I can really hear yeah. is the theme from 1941. Oh. Even though yeah. that different. is a totally different movie, but yeah. if you listen to Elmer Bernstein, so I've often thought Elmer Bernstein, while a genius in his own right, of is really kind of aping... John Williams, uh, just sort as of, much as Alan Silvestri, yes, John Williams, <laughs> yeah, like, and just yeah. like, and just like, I think Danny Elfman mm-hmm. is kind of aping uh, Ennio Morricone. Oh, in yeah. his own way. Yeah, that's fair. You know, that's fair. I mean, that's there's, fair. there's, you can, see, if you listen to him, you go, oh, that sounds so like, no, that's why because Ennio yeah. Morricone. One of the greatest oh, film yeah, 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 yeah. scorers yeah. And, yeah. and and composers yeah. of yeah. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I read somewhere that he has scored so many films, he doesn't even know how many. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how many fucking films he scored. So it's like, yeah, that's that's some amazing stuff. Yeah, well, I yeah. think Stripes, again, Stripes, I'm glad you picked it. It's a fun movie to watch. Um, if people haven't seen it, um, I absolutely encourage people to watch Stripes. Totally. You may not like it. Like I said, my wife doesn't uh, find know, it funny. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, I totally, I'm down with it. I get it. It, yes. it is... It is its its own nostalgia porn in its own way. Yep, for sure, for sure. You look for the person who will benefit, and uh, uh, you know. I am the walrus. Uh, you know, you'll. Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say. I am the walrus. That's uh, fucking bitch. Oh yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex- shut the fuck up, Donnie. V. I. Lennon, Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. I'll go with my first pick which uh it's another you know uh snobs versus slobs or slobs versus snobs however you want to phrase it uh 1986 back to school starring rodney dangerfield baby like also and sally killerman yes and uh, R.I.P. robert yeah. downey recently robert passed. downey jr is yeah. in that yeah Stuart iron man's Gordon's in it in, yep Stu yeah. gordon um, uh, i fucking love Stuart gordon man yeah, yeah and and what i love that was also in problematic movies of the 80s is also it really oh, my, shit, i gotta yeah, get this i gotta get this book my, yeah, also one of my favorite movies. I I think Back to School is start to finish in terms of just like nonstop laughs. Oh yeah, <laughs> Back to School makes me laugh more than almost any of the like we're talking about Caddyshack, and I love sure. Caddyshack. Oh, I love, love, love him and Caddyshack. Back to School, yeah, consistently to the point that and I and it's also got that meta thing where he's. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to go to college. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to do the work. Mm-hmm. Where, where he hires <laughs> Kurt, Vonnegut Kurt Vonnegut to write his piece. <laughs> to write his piece, and he yells at Kurt Vonnegut, right. who's writing a piece about Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut. Vonnegut. <laughs> it's really funny. I just think it's, it's super great. fucking oh, funny. Oh, and Sam Kinison in that movie. It just, oh God! Like, oh come on! I mean, yeah, it's great, and I, I think I pick it because of the of the Dangerfield movies. I think it's my favorite. Um, I think so. You know, yeah. um, what, what? Easy Money is fine. It's a funny, but it's shit. Like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah it's, this one is. No. And I think I pick it because the premise is so obscene. Yeah, like it's so it's so obscene that it's just like not obscene in a in like a, a bad no no like way. it's just but so like, like ridiculous. this would never it's happen lunacy. yeah 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 so yeah. like you know unlike stripes where a bunch of schlebs go into the military unlike Animal House where like young guys are gonna fight the system like this is the slobs versus snobs that is so fucking out there. That is just like, 
Yeah, I think th- I think that's it. I'm gonna pick that one. Yeah. So that's my first pick. All right. Yeah. My first pick. Uh, so you went. You, yeah, you went to very specific. My first pick was 1985's Volunteers. Yeah, you know, uh, I know that it's John Candy, Tom Hanks. Uh, this is them after Splash. Uh, this yeah, is this where is after Tom Splash. Hanks met Rita Wilson, his, his yes, wife. Yes, it is. Many, many, yes, many it is. decades now. God bless. I have not seen this movie in years. I tried to stream it. It says that it's free on Hulu. It's only free on Hulu if you subscribe to Cinemax. And I was like... Oh, yeah, no. Fuck. Fuck anyway, off, yeah. yeah. But what I think is funny, and I, I haven't seen this in a long time, but what I think is why I think it... Volunteers wouldn't exist primarily because um, you have... It really is exactly that sort of like fish out of water here's some guys that want to kind of get out of debt they you know they don't they don't they don't really want to do any work right but right. they but they right. but they have to get out of the country so that they're not you know and they become peace corps volunteers mm-hmm. and of course encounter International hygiene. It's like a CIA drug dealer. Yeah. It's like yeah, a conglomerate yeah, yeah. of, of Yeah, of and it's sort of like, sort of like yeah. the idea that, that complete <laughs> morons can can in, engage in international espionage and somehow not just get shot and killed. You know, just like in this in this and that's volunteers. And yeah. it's also an example of early Tom Hanks because oh, you know, yeah. so many people uh, some people you look at Tom Hanks now America's dead. And, America's well, dad. See, I, the thing is, the thing is, I understand everybody thinks he's America's dad. I actually, the thing is, I think Tom Hanks is one of those actors who came out. I mean, you remember his first thing was Bosom Buddies. Yeah, he came out. He did a lot of comedies of that vein: Bachelor mm-hmm. Party, Volunteers, yep. uh, Splash. Uh, yep. And then there was a point, a turning point with Philadelphia, where he said, "I want to do something." With more gravity. Like, we're talking about Bill Murray saying, would they take me seriously as a serious actor? Right. Well, Tom Hanks said, I don't care if they take me seriously. I'm going to take roles that they can't deny I'm a serious actor. Right. And he got to a point where what I love about Tom Hanks, I do, I love about it, oh, is great. things like, and, and it's movies, I love him in movies that no one else really likes, which you and I are in in the course of Joe, I Like to Joe Watch for, podcast. Joe versus the Volcano? Well, Joe vs. the Volcano is pre-Philadelphia. <laughs> no, 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 I love I know, that I know, movie. I, know, I, know, I love I that movie. But no, yeah. it's like uh, Cloud Atlas. You know, yeah, I think about he's this off, wonderful off in Cloud yeah. Atlas. And yeah. I really like mm-hmm. him. I just, you know, I just... and and But Volunteers is a really good example of seeing that early mm-hmm. look at my sarcastic, crazy, sort of almost uh, Ryan Reynolds kind of thing. Sure. But... You know, and yeah. it's it's but but yeah, it's definitely if stripes hadn't existed, I don't think you could have seen a volunteer. And now is stripes stripe? Well, excuse me. Um, volunteers is what eighty? You said eighty five. Eighty five. Eighty five. Is that yeah. the same year as summer rental? I don't know. I have to look. maybe. I mean, I wrote down in my notes that that John Candy's amazing in Stripes, by the way, right? Oh yeah, so John yeah. Candy. He's in Volunteers, right? So he's amazing in. in, in well, I would, I would argue, I would argue that that Stripes, to, that John Candy to Stripes is John Belushi to Animal House. It was the uh, first time we'd yes. really seen him on a big screen, That's and fair. and it's a very very limited sort of. It's not a character. It's definitely a caricature, but it's one that's so funny that you can't get away oh, from it. I don't know if it's character. I like think he's really, he has some really sweet, honest moments in this movie. I don't well, know if yeah, it's caricature. But, 
Uh, I, I think I don't know. I, I don't know. I think when you see yeah. him in planes, trains, and automobiles, oh no 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 no, no, no. That's great a whole You see what level. a great actor he is. When you see him in JFK, which he JFK, busted when his you ass on for like two scenes in that movie, yeah. like when and, you and, see and there's a story about that where Oliver Stone was going to cut him out of that movie, and Kevin Costner stepped the fuck up and was like, "Do not." Cut John Candy out of this movie. He's amazing, and he's doing amazing work. And, like, do not fucking do it. And Oliver Stone ended up sending John Candy a handwritten letter saying, I'm sorry I even thought about it. Because he's he's phenomenal in that movie. That's cool. Um, That's so cool. Summer Rental happened, and uh, it, it was released in 1985. That was John, okay. John Candy's first starring role. Okay. Up until yeah. then, he had been the the volunteers, the stripes, the, the kind of yeah. like second, the third, second fourth listed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah. Sorry. All right. So I uh, my next pick, I guess. Uh, I love this. Pick. Go with it. I love this pick. I, I don't know if I can say this was influenced by stripes, uh, but I absolutely understand why you. Uh, you know, I'll tell you. There's a lot of similarities. Oh, jeez. There are. I, I watched them back to back one night. So I'm uh, my second pick is 1987's Full Metal Jacket, uh, directed by Stanley Kubrick, obviously. Woof. Um, Jesus, it is a fucking hard movie to watch. It's a hard movie to get through. I love the movie. It's it's, it's oh, a yeah. phenomenal piece of filmmaking, especially when you know that um, Kubrick was a war photographer before he ever got into filmmaking. So the fact that he's tackling the subject of Vietnam, I just I just. It's it's an unbelievable movie. It's very difficult, uh, uh, listeners. If you haven't seen it, just you p- please prepare yourself. Like it's a fucking it's it's a task. It's a it's great one of the most movie, but it's a in task. terms of like it, well, and it, what I can say is there there are two kinds of and and that's what I love about Full Metal Jacket. Um, again, I don't know if I can say it's it's it it was influenced by Stripes, but it is basically. The same structure. It is it's the, the same story. Same it's the same structure, but yes. much like it's like real. But one yeah. of the things I think is interesting about Full Metal Jacket is there was a period of time prior to Vietnam where most war movies were definitely pro. Oh yeah, war movies. Yeah, they, I mean and they had then, to be in order to get the 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 support of the military and the whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was got, definitely, got it. definitely pro-war. Yeah. yeah. And then there were anti-war movies. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't think Full Metal Jacket is an anti-war movie. Full Metal Jacket is, here is war, and you don't want to do this. It's I mean, it is so fucking brutal. I mean, his character, uh, Modine's character in the movie, I mean, there's a scene where I think the theme of the movie is literally presented. It's the duality of man. You have on your helmet a peace pin, but then you also have written in, in Sharpie marker, born to kill. What is that about? Yeah. It's about the duality of man. I mean, that is, yeah. that is, that is the, the overall theme of that movie. And yeah, interestingly... Yep. Go ahead. Oh, yep. go ahead. No, no, no go, go. I'm just going to say, interestingly, um, as an example, when Stripes came out, mm-hmm. Army oh. recruitment went up 10%. When Full Metal Jacket came out... It dropped forty five percent. There you go. Well, you I know, mean, it says a lot about, and that's only a matter of six years. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it says a lot. You know, um, um, two, 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 two things. You know, I was talking to Mimi about this, and and you know, of course, she she calls out cliches when she sees them in, in any kind of storytelling, music, oh, yeah. theater, film, and any of it calls out cliches. But there are two. For me, there are two big moments. Well, two big moments. 
Uh, one obviously is the hair shaving scene, which is played to different effect. Uh, in in well, in, it's a cliche now, but he did it first. Well, I mean, I, well, I mean, want to say uh, Stripes did it first. I'm sure there might. Have All been right, that's fair. Stripes. You know, so, you're right. That's fair. Yeah, that is so, completely fair. And 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 you know, if there's different music behind it when it's yeah. seen, so like you have John Candy, you have this these faces of these people where like it's played to comedic effect in 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 Stripes, and then you have it played to this kind of like terrifying we're making you all look exactly the same effect in full metal jacket yeah there's another scene which directly echoes the moment between murray and oats in the bathroom where he gut punches him right which yeah. murray which murray fought to keep in the movie and it, it you want to talk about murray as a dramatic actor that's uh, one of his first moments of really doing a dramatic scene with someone yeah let alone on the level of worn oats right um, there is a moment in Full Metal Jacket early on, basic training. It's it's uh, Arlie Ermy and Matthew Modine, and that's how he ends up. He, Modine's character ends up getting the nickname Joker, the the call sign Joker, because right? mm-hmm. he's he's smart enough due to this idea. War, uh, Arlie Ermy fucking gut punches him. Yep. I wow. Mean, I mean, it's it's it's, it's 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 there's so many. See, I'm gonna have image, to. I'm gonna, man, it's really well, crazy. It, it's really crazy. it makes it. It makes me. Uh, it makes me think, uh, and I don't think you could possibly do it with two movies, or you maybe have to. You just have to do too many drugs. But it reminds me of watching. Uh, have you ever Have you ever done mushrooms and watched Wizard of Oz set I've, to uh, Dark Side of the Moon? I've never done mushrooms, uh, and I've okay. never. I've never. I've never watched it set, but I've heard about how that matches yeah, up somehow. It, it, dude, dude, yeah. it is. It's. It's. It's kind of extraordinary, right? Sure. Because you don't think that it could possibly be connected in any way. Dude, it's it's it the works. same fucking story. It's perfect. Yeah. So it's interesting to me. I, I think I might have to do a, a full metal jacket stripes. Uh, I, I don't even know. You don't even you need know. you don't even need to do it. You've already seen stripes. Just just yeah. watch just revisit full metal. It's on HBO. Yeah. It's on HBO it's Max. So good. It's on HBO it's Max. It's so wonderful. Um, yeah, I love that. I'll movie. also say, and and everyone has to forgive me about this, it's just my opinion. I think Stripes goes off the rails once basic training up ends. Once they once they go on the fucking once RV they're in a fucking shit, RV, it's just it kind of goes off the rails. They're gags. They're funny. They're not as no. funny. Yeah. I also think that Full Metal Jacket is a, a the first half of Full Metal Jacket is a great movie. I think once they're in Vietnam, it's it's, it's harder. It's just not as it's just not as good storytelling it's very yeah. linear storytelling and it's 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 kubrick it's phenomenally shot the acting is great whatever but like it's it's there's not much new there that's happening it's just kind of like well here they are in vietnam yeah i agree i i actually completely so agree that's you. another parallel which is why i picked yeah this. and then so, my yeah my, my second yep. influence movie is <laughs> You picked two very good movies. I picked two very bad movies. Oh, I wouldn't so say that's that bad. Like, I wouldn't. No, say this that. is. I think this is 1985's. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Chevy Chase and yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Spies like us. Yeah. Which I think is other than the fact that it's notable for Dan Aykroyd meeting his wife Donna Dixon oh, on the set of this. Hold film. on a second. That's oh, not did he, did true. Did he meet her earlier? He met did he her, meet her on earlier? the set of Doctor Detroit. Oh Jesus Christ! You're right. Oh, I'm yeah. so embarrassed. No, it's okay. That's right. Anyway, that's what we're here for. <laughs> any, anyway, anyway, well then, then, then I can say I can say there is absolutely nothing good 
or no, notable come about on. spies like us. Doctor, it's a terrible doctor, movie. Doctor, doctor, it's doctor, a it is such doctor, a terrible movie. But again, it's it's a couple of schlubs <laughs> that suddenly get caught up in international intrigue and somehow amazingly come out unscathed with all their limbs, both their eyes. I mean, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Makes no sense yeah. at all. It's not, uh, it's a terrible movie. Uh, but it is, it is, it is kind of indicative a, of the time period. It's a fun, it's a fun watch. Again, I would call it one of my bubblegum movies. It's a fun yeah, watch. All right, that's fair. It's a fun watch. Have some popcorn, have a laugh, and then uh, probably forget about it for 20 years. Yeah. Mine is first. I'm going to make sure the sound is up. And here we go. There are some who'd make me out to be the villain of this here story. Let's don't let a good thing die. Are you born with destiny? Or does it just come knocking at your door? There's a young singer from Memphis, Tennessee. Give him a warm hayride welcome. Mr. Elvis Presley. Get a haircut, buttercup. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, and we were talking about Tom Hanks earlier. Here is Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker, and it's a full prosthetic thing, and yeah. he's playing the evil, maybe, I love that opening. Some people say I'm the villain of this story. <laughs> it's like, God damn. And it, and again, it's Baz Luhrmann, so I know that it's going to be very saturated mm-hmm. and very, you know, like huge, and that the musical numbers are going to fucking pop. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. About yeah, this I'm a I'm a little concerned about the prosthetics. Um, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. I'm sure it's gonna be fine. But yeah, uh, you know, I, everybody talks about if you're a Beatles guy, you're a you're an Elvis guy. Like, what what are you? You know, I mean, if I had a pick now, I would clearly say I'm a Beatles guy. I don't know about you, probably right. Uh huh. A Beatles guy. But God damn, my if mom. God, yeah, yeah. Oh no, my mom. My mom was always Elvis. In fact, uh, I remember the day that Elvis died. I had to call her. She was working one of her three jobs at the time, and when he died, I had to call my mom because this is long before there was a fucking internet. Oh sure, sure. And sure. I called my mom at work, and she was mad at me because I wasn't supposed to call her at work unless mm-hmm. it was an emergency. Well, and when and when I told her that Elvis had died, at first she didn't believe me, and then. As I recall it, she didn't come home until very, very late that night because when she realized it was true, she just went on a bender. She oh, it just wow. she just weeped. She was one of those kids that, like, was the, the girls that would scream and pass out for sure. Elvis. She sure. loved Elvis. Sure, I was always Beatles. Sure, but my favorite Elvis story was, uh, and this was when I was in college. It's got to be 88, 87, 88. I realized my mom had never been to Graceland, and I knew how much she loved Elvis. Mm-hmm. 
And so I I drove from Arkansas um, and just picked her up. I said, I'm taking you someplace. I'm not going to tell you where. Just grab you know bags. Pissed my sister off because she planned this big Mother's Day thing <laughs> that I just took my mom and drove her to fucking Memphis. But when she realized we're going... She loved fucking Grace Lynch. She loved Elvis. Well, I learned... I didn't really appreciate Elvis until I went to Graceland, sure. and now I love Elvis. I yeah. love the whole story. I love the music, um, but I really, really can't wait for this movie. Isn't that something about? I mean, if you think about it, like what what would affect you and I now, like it did back then? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, to go back, we talk about JFK with John Kennedy or uh, John Candy. Uh, it affected people when Kennedy would, you know, wh- good or bad. Like people, you know, were really affected by it. Elvis, same thing. Like John Lennon, same thing. Like when people pass now, like is there any icon like that anymore? That that, I mean, I cried. I I saw uh uh, uh the uh, what's his name, the Beastie Boy that that passed. Adiok. Yeah. Uh, passed away. I was on the treadmill at the gym and I had to fucking stop because like I started crying. You know, I mean, for me that was that's a modern one. But, like, you know, Gandolfini was another one that I was touched by. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Like, you know, whatever. But, like, icon-wise, you know, that affects, like, everybody. Well, I think we're in a period. Wow. I think we're in a. I think we're in a period right now, um, and and it's not unusual. I know everybody thinks that it's, that like, this is brand new and it's all the fault of social media. Yeah. If you, if you look at culture, and, and, you know, it's one of those things from sort of a macro perspective, Every culture kind of goes through this a couple times. It's cyclical, mm-hmm. where we end up having a, a, a sort of a pushback against any kind of iconography. That any mm-hmm. of the icons of the past mm-hmm. are being held to a different standard than they were at the time, mm-hmm. and so you start ripping those icons down, and you're finding different values to make icons. Well, because you're—I mean, you're Gen X. Are you Gen X or millennial? Yeah, seventy-eight. I mean. You know, I mean, all right. So I yeah, you're basically Gen X. you're like yeah, 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 you're late Gen X. I'm yeah. brand. I'm like right on the cusp of early Gen X. So I'm on the cusp. Sure. You're like you're like on the cusp of Gen X and millennial. I'm on the cusp of Boomer and Gen X. Yeah. Whatever. The thing about it is, um, we're not going to agree with Gen Z and whatever the earlier, you know, the youngest. Because oh no, for them, when Taylor Swift standards. dies, it's going to be well. That's things they have different standards for what. Yeah. For them, make the icons. So yeah. what yeah, yeah. someone, you know, what my, my niece Jackie Rose, what's going to really move her when someone dies is going to be different than, I'm going to go, who is that? Right. And she's going to look at me and say, what? Who's, yeah. You know, yeah. who's that Who's that person? Yeah. And so we're kind of in a cultural moment where we're not, we're not, we don't have a unified cultural perspective. I don't mm. think that's a problem. And no, I no, no, I didn't say. I don't think it's unusual. I don't think it's unusual. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem, but. All right, well, but, you know, speaking of speaking icons, of, speaking, speaking of, of icons, icons, here we go. Here is your trailer. Yes, sir. The fight is done. We lost. Stay hidden. The key to hunting Jedi is patience. 
Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi Code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Where is he? Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus. Holy fuck, I can't wait for this thing. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I, You know, I stayed away from um, uh, The Mandalorian for a while. Um, then Book of Boba Fett came out, so I started Book of Boba Fett. And then I went back and watched Mandalorian, yep. and then I started watching them kind of parallel with each other. And look, I mean, come on, man. I, I grew up with Star Wars. The original Star Wars. I, mean, I grew up. Yeah. Everybody's got their opinion about the prequels, whatever. Um, I think they're fine movies. I don't think they're great movies. Uh, you know, for me, you know, the Star Wars world, whatever universe, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, for me, this is like your Marvel shit. You know? Yeah. I like... I grew up with it. I love it. I haven't read all the books. I didn't read all the comic books. I didn't do that. Yeah, show. I didn't get into but all that stuff. But the movies yeah. were, oh. were were like cultural touchstone for me. And so, uh, yeah, this this is this this it looks fucking great, man. I just oh man, that's, you I know, don't know it's what else to say about it. it looks yeah, great. no, I I I it, well, I I feel the same way, and it's one of the things is like a lot of people are either or either Star Trek and like sci-fi fans, you either sure. like Star Trek or yeah. you like Star Wars. Yeah. I love both. Yeah. I love both. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not too long ago when we bought our TV, I spent an entire day watching the old Star Trek films with Shatner and Nimoy. Word, word, word. Well, not not much longer after that, I kind of got a bug up my ass. Like, all right, I really didn't like. Um, the rise of Skywalker, you know? I mean, okay. I liked it watching it in the moment, but the yeah. whole Palpatine thing really kind of bugged me. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really get it. And so I sat down and over three nights watched, uh, I watched Phantom Menace. I watched mm-hmm. some of Clone Wars because mm-hmm. I can't, there's so much that I can't watch. Oh, it's brutal. Um, yeah. Sith. And then I watched the, the, the Abrams ones, you know, yeah. and Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And I realized that I actually liked them a lot better than I did, that the storytelling, I, I don't think... I understand why J.J. Abrams went the direction he went. Um, I'm reading a book right now that I highly recommend to you because I I do now understand a lot of why J.J. Abrams went the direction he went with The Rise of Skywalker, that third uh, trilogy Mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. I'm reading by Eric Schwartzel. It's called Red Carpet, Hollywood, China, and the Global Battle for Cultural Uh, Supremacy. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that, well, now I'm really into the weeds. And there are some very specific Mm. reasons having to do specifically with China Mm -hmm. um, and making money off them. That uh, that that had something to do with uh, with that, and one of the things that uh, that we're not seeing as much of is the Disney Plus thing because they don't have Disney Plus in China. Right. So they're making film. They're right. making these series. Well, in absence of that uh, well, sort of cultural uh, you know, influence, I mean, but I don't, not the movies. I don't, I don't think you misspoke. I think they're making an eight-hour film. Uh huh. You know, I mean, to me, when you watch, uh, you know, some of these. Uh, it doesn't feel as episodic as, uh, and that's what I think I like. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to the term, so you got to forgive me, everyone younger than us, please forgive me. But I'm getting used to the term limited series. Oh, I because love limited to series. To me, it just just call it a very long movie. Like, it, well, that, that's what well, it it's. Is. That's there was a it meme. That, it's an I read a movie. meme. <laughs> I read a meme that I thought was very funny. It's like, all right, hey, hey, you kid. 
Come here. Why don't you sit through this eight-hour movie? Fuck uh, you. I'm not yeah, sitting no, for an eight-hour yeah, movie. All right. All right. How about you binge all eight hours in one night of an episodic limited series? Yeah. I'm in. Oh, okay. And it's it's the same. It's exactly the yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. very... Well, part of it is that it's different in how it's structured because right. it's structured in chapters. That's and fair. each chapter has to lead into the next. Sure. In a long film, you don't really have to play so, that well, chapter but game. By that rationale, would the first three Star Wars movies... Uh, I mean, they were called chapter four, chapter, like right? Yeah, yeah. Would, would they not just be a limited series now? It's a nine-part limited series that lasts uh, what thirty-six hours. 30 I don't some, know how many well, and how many and how many decades later? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I just you know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm still, you know, I talked to a producer once about The Godfather and about how like, and he told me flat out, he's like, "Oh, those wouldn't be movies anymore. They would just be a TV show." I agree. And I'm like, well, that's really fucking sad because to sit and watch those movies for two and a half, three hours a piece is like it's like that's like saying Macbeth would just be a TV show, Hamlet would just be a TV, Hamlet would be a limited series TV show. Fuck you! Well, I mean, Mac- it's four hours Macbeth- long. I get it, but like, come on. No, Macbeth is a limited TV show. It's on Apple Plus, and it stars uh, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, and oh, was sorry. directed by Joel Ke- Cohen. It was released in episodes because I have a DVD no. of it. That's no, a it's, movie. No, uh, yeah, well, it's a movie, it's a but movie. you just get it on Apple TV. Fair and- enough, but it's a movie. <laughs> it's a yeah, movie. No, I, no, I there's no it. fade out it. at the end of fucking hour one. Okay. That's true. That's this, is this, is right. this is fair. This is fair. This is totally fair. Anyway. All right. So for next so next week. Yeah, what's your pick? What's week, your pick? Two weeks. What's my pick, pick is um, I was thinking about movies uh that, that I love to watch. Mm-hmm. And uh and I'm interested to hear your take on this, but Ooh. it is I love Tarantino. Okay. Ditto. And uh arguably, and this is my argument to make, mm-hmm. I think this is of his nine films he's made. This is his finest. It's the best of the best. And uh, the movie is Jackie Brown. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I would go so far as to say it's his most grown-up movie. So yeah, that yeah. is the show for this week. Thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or at literateape.com. And uh, and that's the deal. So, Donnie, you have a lovely couple of weeks, and we'll talk about Jackie Brown when we come back. Rock and roll, brother.